Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so excited to have you join me for today's show. It is going to be a very educational show about sexual health and awareness. And I'm going to be speaking to the CEO and co-founder of Mystery Vibe. So we are going to discuss why vibrators are important, um, why it's important to be sexually healthy, and how that actually can extend your life. And just, you know what, being healthy sexually is just a very important part of your health, just as important as it is to take care of any other ailments that are bothering you. So I'm excited to get right into the show, but I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on all social platforms at Jody Harrison Bauer. You can also find me on YouTube and you can listen to us on Apple and Spotify podcasts and any other streaming podcasts. So on with the show. Here we go. Enjoy. And welcome to the show, Dr. Soom Rakshid. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I was very much looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too. I am obsessed with relationships and being sexually aware and sexual health as a woman who's 62 years old and the mother of two daughters in their 30s. Um, sexual health, I mean, has always been a very important thing, but when I was raising them, it wasn't it wasn't something we talked about. So mm-hmm. I am grateful for people like you who have created this amazing company, Mystery Vibe, and we're going to get into your whole background, but I just want to give everybody who's listening um, um, some background on you and who you are, and then we're going to get right into it, okay? So I am here today with Dr. Sumrakshid, who is the co-founder and CEO of Mystery Vibe. He did his PhD in biomedical engineering and created a startup in eye recognition, which was acquired by a U.S. defense company. He then spent seven years in management consulting on large technology projects. In 2014, Sum started Mystery Vibe to bring defense, electronics, and medical expertise together and create devices that solve big topics in sexual health in an accessible way. So your journey into this, this area of, of the world, um, sexual health and awareness, um, doesn't seem like the route that normally you would have taken, right? So let's start from the beginning. Um, you went to school to become an engineer, right? Yes. I mean, I, I loved engineering, building stuff since I think I was a teenager and I always wanted to build stuff. Um, so I studied my undergrad, master's, PhD, and postdoc, so as, as long as I could study, really, uh, in in uh, in electronics, and then specializing in biomedical during my PhD years. Um, and like you said, it was uh, in that case was working with eye eye doctors, ophthalmologists, and building camera systems to recognize people looking at eyes. So, so that's that was my first uh, a totally accidental startup as part of my PhD, but. Um, Building hardware and building electronics, uh, working with doctors, 
uh, creating products um, is something that I've done, you know, for more than the last 20 years. And it's something that I love doing. And I, I did take a break from it when I spent seven years in consulting. And the reason was I felt after I sold my last company that I didn't know much about business or management. Um, and um, all I knew was tech and, you know, the research and product side of things, but very little on even basic things like project management. Um, and uh, and I guess the two options there are, you know, to go and do an MBA or get a job and learn on the job. And I just loved the idea of getting a job and learning on the job. Um, and consulting is, I think, the e easiest way to learn business in a, a variety of settings. Um, so yeah, that's why it was like a seven-year break from the world of biomedical. Um, and it was very, very helpful. And I and I worked in such amazing projects and learned so many things. But also during that time, um, a lot of consulting, sadly, is living in hotels where you're right. on site and, and it's quite boring. But what happens is your friends are the people you live with. And um, when you have nothing to do in a completely foreign city, you end up talking about your life problems, like um, pain after childbirth or um, menopause and dryness or erection issues after 40 or, or at any age. And and um, these are things that normally you wouldn't talk about, you know, uh, even in a relationship. But if you live with someone in the same building or, you know, in the same hotel for a year or two years, you, you know, you start sharing all your life problems. And, and, and what transpired was that major life events like childbirth, uh, anything major like cancer, surgery, something that you're recovering from, <clears throat> inevitable things like menopause and aging, um, all of them have a huge impact on sexual health. Um, <clears throat> generally, uh, it's often to the point that you stop having sex, you know, like dryness after menopause. If it's painful, why would you, right? right. If you don't address it, you would not want to. And then uh, maybe 50 years ago, it wasn't such a big deal because life expectancy wasn't that long. So maybe, you know, if you had menopause at 50, 55. And, and you died at 75. Were, so it's oh, like. 75 was more recent, like it, it, like by before 60, like in the 1950s. Life expectancy was 60 or, or, or earlier. Yeah. And just because, you know, like even something as common as breast cancer, um, it's only in the last 10 years that the success of survival has increased dramatically. But if you think 30, 40 years ago, it would be fatal, right? So uh, same with anything. Um, just healthcare has gotten so much more advanced now. Um, but as a result of it, let's say our generation, we will live till maybe 90, 95. And um, having menopause at 50 is truly middle-aged, you know, uh, which is very different relatively to having menopause at 50 and dying at 60, right? right. Um, and, and your perspective changes when you think, hang on, I have another great 40 years to live, which is literally, you know, your golden years, you have money, you have time, maybe your yeah. kids have, you know, left house and you don't have to run off to them. And, and you want to enjoy yourself, not someone telling you, oh, that's it, you're intimacy's over. It, right. You're you're so right about everything because, you know, I'm at that 
retiring age. And that's not even, you know, something I think about mentally and physically very much sexually alive. Um, and when I think about my parents at this age, I thought they were old. Who knows what they were doing behind closed doors? But you're absolutely right. And, and you know, just wanted to mention the whole thing about um, breast cancer. It's very rare now, now that we're talking about breast cancer, but um, it's, it is very rare to hear that somebody passes from breast mm-hmm. cancer because of yep. the technology, the science, mm-hmm. medicine, everything that has. So yep. we are living they keep moving social security. I just got a, a note about my social security. I could start getting it at 62, you know, or you could like wait until you're 70. So it's just, they keep moving up the age because we're living longer. So we get to enjoy life longer. And, yeah. you know, I don't have grandchildren, but I'm not in a hurry for them right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I know that I have probably another 40 years ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I'm excited. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so you were talking, going back to what you're saying. So, about- so, yeah, sorry. So what I was saying is there's all of these things, and these are such inevitable things in life, um, aging, for example, right? Yes. And as you age, what you want is high quality of life, not just the number of years you're going to live. Because there's no point if you're going to live to be 100 and be in bed for the last 20 years of your life, right? You'd rather have an amazing, solid 80 years where you're running around and enjoying life uh, than live forever and be bedridden so the quality of life is as important as the longevity and the which is the whole point about adding life to years not just years to life and um, the key thing a big big thing about longevity and quality of life is sexual health as you age how can you um, keep your intimacy active or address issues which are causing intimacy and that whole mystery in the relationship and bedroom to go away and and if you don't do anything about it, it there is no magic. You know, there's no way it will stay if you don't want to tackle the problems. So that is why the the whole conversation is the key, is how do you talk about this to start with? And then once you talk about it, finding the right solutions through experts, through research, however you do. But first, talk about it to yourself, to your partner, um, and then find the right solutions. And once you do, then you can have a very happy um, retired life or you know whatever you do in your 70s, 80s, 90s, you want to be truly happy with your life and not just thinking, okay, I, I'm going to live to, I'm going to hit a number, I'll be 100, but you know I don't care how I am or what I go through to get to that number. Right. I, 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 you know, strongly believe that you want to have a truly happy quality of life for as long as you live, right? Yes. And and to me, that is the key work we do. And that quality of life could impact even when you're young, like you know, something like period pain could happen to a 15 year old, right? And that would massively affect the quality of life. So you don't have to be old to have significant issues in your um, sexual health which can make you, you know, be at home for days that you can't leave your bed, that you're, you have so much of um, uh, period pain and abdominal cramps. So it could be someone in their teenage years struggling with sexual health issues, or it could be someone in their 90s struggling with sexual health issues. And all of it is equally important, and all of it, um, or most of it, can be solved with the right um, solution, whatever that solution is, whether it's 
um, seeing a doctor, getting HRT or um, Viagra for ED or um, tense electric current for pelvic, uh, period pain um, or vibration, which is what we do. Whatever the solution is, it doesn't matter as long as it's the right solution for you. And you make that, you take that step to go and seek it for yourself. Um, and that is the biggest barrier. Most people don't. Yeah, no, I am so glad that you you're talking about that because it is truly important to um, have that quality of life. It doesn't matter how long you live. My mom was in, had a stroke, and the last six years of her life were horrible. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's. I was just talking to my husband about that. I'm like, why? Why do we want to see people suffer like that? We were talking about the quality of life. And I know being sexually active or sexually healthy, however you want to put it, can actually make you feel five years younger. And oh, there, and, and there are so many clinically proven medical benefits to um, having regular sex, having orgasms, including uh, improved immunity, so you get ill less, improved sleep, and then sleep has millions of benefits, like good sleep. Um, and it's just not about number of hours. It's about how good the quality and depth of sleep is. Um, your skin, you know, your skin is healthier when you have regular orgasm. And all of this is established literature, which has been researched and published in respect. And I, and to I think it builds confidence. I don't know if that's in any confidence, literature, course, but I think, I, I, think that's, I think that's huge. I think, huge. you know, having yeah. um, quality sex with... And with meaning, um, you know, that's all under the umbrella of quality is that yeah. it's it works for you. It works for your partner, gives you that confidence as a man or a woman. I mean, I've been in before I got married the second time I was in a lot of different relationships and I could see when the sex was was meaningful and great and how it wasn't and how it affected me and and the other person. So it definitely, definitely. And, and also something you know, we were talking about cancer. So again, there's clinical research which proves that um, regular ejaculation leads to lower risk of prostate cancer. And the reason is very simple is prostate leads to semen. And if that builds up, it can lead to complications. Whereas the whole point of any secretions inside our body is to release it. Whether it's um, a very easy example is um, mastitis, where um, things build up, secretions build up in the breast and become uh, painful. Uh, And then you have to massage the right areas to release them and then the pain goes away. Um, It's the same with prostate. So the regular sex, uh, I think the study showed three times a week, um, ejaculation has a direct and significant correlation with reducing prostate cancer. Um, So something very significant, the number one cancer in male sexual health can be reduced with something very simple in a regular intimacy or regular ejaculation. And and this is how we see things is if we talk about what is fact, what is clinically proven, what has decades of research behind it, and, you know, people can then research for themselves and find all this. And, And these are research from people like Mayo Clinic, like really serious research. Right. And when they realize that sex, intimacy, uh, orgasms, all of these 
as such um, fundamental parts of human health and why it is designed that way and why having that regularly means you can have a really healthy life generally. Right. Then, then people start to appreciate the importance beyond thinking it is fun and, you know, silly. Or sometimes so, so so in different, you know, I, you know, in different cultures, it's, it's sex is taboo, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, you're raised to fear it. Um, I'm Jewish, but I mean, my mom raised me to never have sex until you get married. You know what I mean? So I was, it took me a long time, but it's, it was that, that mentality about it. And I think that these conversations, like what we're talking about should be opened up as early as, as they can be depending on your child. So they don't feel like it's something that's taboo because when something feels like it's taboo, it feels like it's wrong Mm -hmm. and we can't discuss it. And the better the discussion, the healthier sexually we can raise our children. Yeah. And I think even with uh, discussions, especially the early age, if it's done factually, I can't imagine any parents would object to that. Um, Like biology, medicine, when it's done factually, um, which would, of course, include psychology and and concepts of consent and um, what what are all the aspects of sexual health and wellness. And when it's done in a very holistic way in the teenage years, then you can set the right message, the right context to everything in sex. And a big challenge uh, which we work with is um, especially with young men and neurogenic, uh, sorry, psychogenic ED, which basically means um, psychologically they have stress or something blocking their mind, um, which leads to erection issues. And often that can be due to exposure to unrealistic expectations in porn. And right. the the easiest thing, and, and this is nothing new and it's very common in places like Scandinavia as part of sex education, is to explain what porn is. Um, Because with the assumption that teenagers are technologically advanced enough to find them. So it's impossible to hide it from them. So if you assume that they're just very intelligent. Right. Then you're finding it. and, And at finding it. So assume that because the other assumption is they're not going to find it. So I don't have to talk about it. That is, that is um, underestimating a teenager's (laughs) intelligence. Yeah. So, so let's say they will find it. So the, so, and I I know this uh, because it's beautiful. The way they teach it is they talk about something really um, fantasy, like Iron Man flying in a suit or Harry Potter on a broom jumping out of a building. Right. Because that's what, teenagers relate to they're like oh this is very cool right and then they say okay you know this is hollywood and all of that is cgi and all of that is fake and you're not going to jump on a broom and get out of the window and you're not going to get in a suit and fly and they're like of course and then they say so where do you think 90 percent of the porn comes from hollywood and really it is 
fantasy and it's movies and these are all actors and of course they have to you know go to the gym and work out three hours a day and there are lots of things they have to do to be who they are and it's all a fantasy and there's nothing wrong with it because you know just like you watch harry potter and you enjoy it you know maybe um it makes you feel excited about life um similarly you might watch porn and feel excited about life but the whole point is it's a fantasy and you watch it and you forget about it right, right. or it in, or it inspires you to try something different but it, to yeah, exactly. have it, it might and but maybe you're not even having sex but you know the right. thing is the minute you realize that all of that is fantasy and it's not real and it's right. no different from iron man then you start to realize okay i can start but you you see context and 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 you know when you have a real relationship you don't expect that and and that's the biggest difference between educating teenagers about this and this is the most complicated topic because talking about biology reproduction all of that stuff is easy because it's binary right, right. And whereas this is psychological and also it is sensitive is how you approach this topic and and making sure parents are happy about it um but i think the big uh, the the takeaway is if you don't they will still see it and they will probably be negatively affected by it because now they're believing everything they're seeing and then that will affect their life right because then they're going to have those expectations when they're having a relationship with somebody else and it's like, wait, it's not like the porn I just looked yeah. at. It, it's This didn't happen. So we were talking about, I, I don't think this is the right term, but psychological ED, where actually you can yeah, get an erection. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. So those things. So how, how, how can that change? How do you change somebody's mindset by having those conversations? Obviously. True. The, the but, true solution is seeing a sex therapist as uh, sex coach that's the true solution because this is really psychological yeah. um the what you can and often oh, the sex therapists we work with what they would recommend is using an aid like a crutch so if you think you've broken your leg you need something and then you can walk and then you can run and then you don't need crutches anymore so if you think of the biggest challenge with ed is confidence when it comes to psychological is confidence so if you have issues once or twice you start to worry that you'll have issues again and again and that in turn becomes a vicious becomes a vicious cycle and because you're worried then you have uh, erection issues and then the more you have it the more you get worried right. so often what you need is that confident booster which could be a pill which could be a vibrator whatever that is and then and that's what we study in our medical studies is can we solve this because psychogenic it is solvable with that crutch uh scenario where you have enough confidence that you can and of course you still need to understand why why it happened it might be for other reasons like maybe you just have a very stressful life lots of work too many emails you have an answer when you go to bed at night and and a complicated morning to start the day and all of these things weigh heavily on your mind and the last thing you think of is sex um and sadly that becomes the norm for a lot of people and and what is equally bad is having a tv in the bedroom where you 
every it becomes a routine that when you're in bed you watch tv and and often that takes away that whole um build up of intimacy um and and the other thing is having phones next to your bed where that's the last thing you touch and the first thing you touch yeah unfortunately right? so yeah. so there's lots of things that you can do so what we do in terms of our conversation starters is we write bullet point articles like really simple it says you know set the room temperature to 25 centigrade at least half an hour before you go to bed uh, play this playlist get this candle uh you know get a nice massage oil offer a massage to your partner things that are in your control and easy to execute yeah because what is very especially if you let's say you had a kid you haven't had sex for 6 months maybe longer and the longer you wait the less confident you ha- confidence you have and what is difficult is to go straight from nothing for say 9 right. months to intercourse it's a massive jump yeah and that's what people try to do and then they get scared and they do nothing right okay. uh, and we come across so many couples who have sexless marriages because of this we go oh you know it's not going to work uh, i'd rather have a status quo where everything is fine but we don't have sex then have sex and it's really messy and it's bad and you know we don't like it anymore i can't even ima- i can't even imagine but i know i know it exists you know it's just oh, all the time uh, yeah everyone thinks everyone else is having more sex than them but no one really is it's it's a fact <laughs> um but also that's a problem because the world tells you that everyone's having sex and a lot of it but the reality is very few people have regular sex whether they're single or in a relationship is irrelevant very very few people do and there are lots of reasons why that is but a lot of it is to do with major life events and and just busy lives right. that's so, really the the, yes. the underlying factor stopping that. people from having sex yeah you know like you mentioned after having a baby um god forbid cancer treatments um menopause and you know i know i i speak to a lot of women who are over 50 over 55 who are dealing with being menopausal and literally no interest in sex and one of the first things i ask them is if they have a vibrator mm-hmm. you know because maybe that's the way that they could be interested in sex whether they're alone or with a partner and then i know you talk a lot about introducing that vibrator into the relationship so if it's let's just say it's the woman who's who wants to get it back it's been 9 months somebody's got to take the first step right and that like you said is really really hard there's been no sex for 9 months or a year whatever is going on how do you, how do you start that conversation and say oh by the way i bought this vibrator you know how does that's a hard thing to start start getting into totally uh, the conversation is the toughest bit and especially after a long gap so um i'll give you a simple example because there's quite a lot of ways to do it and we write about all, it's all on our blog we write loads and loads of content i'll give you a simple example where um let's say you um you're thinking of something you want to try with your partner um if it's starting from scratch we would say don't even talk about sex yeah because that is and also intercourse should be the last thing in intimacy because a, lo- so a lot glad, of people I'm think I'm so glad you said that because there's such a difference between 
intimacy and sex intercourse. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have intimacy before you have that intercourse. Yeah. And uh, to us, it's um, 90, 90, 10, 90% of your right. intimate time is other things and 10% is intercourse because let's say intercourse is five minutes. Okay. Maybe 10 minutes at a stretch. That's not how long your intimacy should be with your partner. You know, you want it to be, be as all long day. As yeah. Right. And, and especially if you have time, you know, like starting with penetrative sex means you're done in 10 minutes. Whereas there are a million things you could do, which is why when we talk about rekindling the desire, we talk about the, you know all the ambience, the setting, yes. the music, the candles, then the offer of a massage. Oh, you you had a really long day. Let me give you a foot rub. You know, then a full body massage, then sensual stuff, then masturbating each other. Then because all all of these things are in your control, you don't have to worry about you know, whether you as a woman get wet or whether you as a man get erect, you don't, you don't have to worry about any of those things. Right. So you have no pressure to perform. You simply enjoy. And and maybe that's all you do in the beginning. You don't really have an end goal. You don't, The end goal is not uh, penetrative sex. End goal is just making each other happy. But see, and that's where the, the education, the, I'm going to interrupt you. That's where the education comes because so many people think that it's the penetration, it's the orgasm. And if your partner doesn't have an orgasm during penetration, then he or she wasn't turned on and that it was a failure. Yeah. And also uh, an orgasm is a massive, massive thing um, where it, there's so many people who wouldn't even talk about it. And even the partners don't know that they just haven't had any orgasms. Because again, psychologically, their body just shuts down when they reach very close. Yes. Um, and when we deal with a lot of um, that as well uh, with our patients. So, but the uh, thing I would say is, let's say you've overcome those initial barriers and you're in a kind of in a routine, maybe you know once a week, twice a week, whatever it is. And also scheduling intimacy is incredibly important, which mm-hmm. sounds boring. But if you don't, especially if you have kids, you don't have that kind of spontaneous time anymore. So let's say, you know, the only time you can be intimate is on a Sunday afternoon because that's the time you have and you've nothing else going on. But if you have kids running around the house, you're not going to get any intimacy. So you have to plan things. You have to schedule. Maybe, you know, someone takes your kids to their house and plays has a play date with them, right? Um, Or someone comes to your house to look after your kids, maybe a family member, and you then go away to a hotel but whatever it is if you don't schedule sex it's not going to happen as as you um, progress in your marriage or relationship you know you've been together for 10 years 15 years you really need to schedule time for intimacy otherwise it just will disappear Um, because life will take over your uh, uh, just general life will take over your intimacy life Um, so then once that is happening you know you're in a regular rhythm wider question is how do you maintain that and talk about the new things without worrying about rejection mm-hmm. yeah because if you don't it will disappear as in it will just become mundane and boring over the years and then you'll have a much bigger challenge because after having a kid and having a break in sex is very normal and then rekindling it is again as an is a natural course it's like, okay, you know, kid, um, 
last months of pregnancy, you know, might be just too uncomfortable. First months post-childbirth, painful, whatever. You know, it's very normal to not have right. sex. But let's say you've been together for 20 years, everything else is great, but you're just bored of each other intimately. Then th- how do you fix that, right? It's a very... It's a much more complex situation. Right. So how do you get that excitement back in? in... So, so what we, uh, and this is obviously you know, uh, research from uh, relationship coaches and therapists, what the common thing to do uh, in their world is use a catalyst. And the catalyst could be something that you both trust. And let's say New York Times is something you both trust. And trust is really key because if it's Playboy, you might both like to read it as something funny, but you're not going to trust it as a credible as credible journalism, right? So let's say you want to try something different because you know you have sex and you're bored of it or you're bored of your bedroom. And, and then it might be something very simple like um, a central massage yeah, to each other. Maybe it's something you haven't done. So what you need is to find that in a newspaper you both trust, whichever that is, and then share that article. So if you are the one thinking, I want my boyfriend, husband, partner to um, give me an erotic massage because I've been fantasizing about it. But if I say that to him over dinner, he might think I'm weird. And he's probably going to either laugh at me or think, you know, say I'm bad. And I don't really want to risk that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not going to say it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a very mild topic. But if you think, you know, something much more complex, like you want to explore. And I'll tell you a real example. A lady from Algeria contacted us saying that she is bisexual, but it's a very conservative country. So she's never talked about it. And she wants to explore, um, you know, being with a woman and with her husband, obviously. And um, But she doesn't know how to tell her husband about it. So... And that's a much more complex thing. And we did exactly the same thing. We found, you know, we asked her what, you know, what kind of newspapers are reputable, trusted. Um, I think she said CNN. Um, And then we found an article about uh, threesome uh, for a married couple um, with another woman and how um, they did the whole thing and how uh, it was, um, it elevated their intimacy. Um, And then she shared that with her husband saying, oh, CNN wrote something very interesting. Not saying that's good or bad, because obviously you don't want to take a stand. And then to gauge the feeling, whether her husband thought it was interesting as well. Uh, and, and you know, this is Morocco, Muslim conservative country, not something, not somewhere you these things are talked about openly. So there's a lot to lose if things go wrong when you're bringing this up in a relationship. So, you know, that's kind of a very difficult example in a difficult country. Uh, when it comes to uh, sexual liberation, whereas a simple example in US or UK um, would be, you know, just being more intimate with each other, trying new things with each other. Um, uh, maybe it's uh, just nice sensual massages for each other. Whatever it is, the same logic applies where find what you want to try out with your partner in a reputable newspaper or magazine, share that with your partner, see their interest. And if you know, your partner says, oh, wow, that's very cool. That would be very sexy. And then and then you can very quickly jump to the next step. I was like, oh, we should try that. I like right. that idea. I think that's very interesting. I never thought about that. I'm, I'm very open. So when 
I started dating my husband, my now husband. He was like, whoa, whoa, okay, okay. I'm like, all right, hurry up. He's, he's like, all right, I'm an old dog, but you can teach me new tricks. So it's, you know, I, I'm a little different than the regular person, but I understand that that is a great idea for somebody who feels uncomfortable, lacks the confidence to bring this up, feels uncomfortable about it. So um, I really like that idea. That and it's just... normally the fear of rejection that's what stops yes. people from trying anything new. Um, and this is the easiest way to overcome it because you have a barrier in between you and your partner, which protects you from that fear of rejection. Because the worst thing that will happen is you send, you share an article and they'll say, oh, that's disgusting. And at least you know that's not an area you can progress, exactly. which is totally fine. Like, you know, you and your partner will never have everything common. And it's absolutely fine that, you know, you might like 10 things and your partner might like 10 things and the overlap is five things. And the five things he likes, you hate. And the five things you like, he hates, but it's fine, right? You only need to find the overlap. So the problem of doing that one-to-one without that uh, protection in between is what if you talk about five things and he hates all five things and you reach a point, you're like, I'm not going to say anything anymore. Right, right. Because you haven't reached to that point where you have found the common ground yet and you've got too many rejections already. Right. So I feel like your company, Mystery Vibe, is so much more than just a vibrator company, right? Um, I like to think of it as we are the, we do things to help people bring that mystery back in the bedroom. However, that is, is just the means to get there. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that they buy our devices. If it's relevant for them, yes. If it's not, maybe they just read the content, get the idea and execute it. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe all they need is uh, like say a lubricant, a good lubricant. And then you know, we've done the research. We're like, hey, these guys, FDA approved, you know, good quality. We know uh, that these are good for these kind of skin types. And that's it. Right? And then you go and get what you need to improve your sex life. Um, where our core engineering focus is on medical research is um, understanding, let's say, labia stimulation for postmenopause who have dryness issues and don't want to insert anything. So we made a device for that called Legato, which is purely an external, it's like an O-shaped ring that sits at the entrance of the labia and vulva and creates arousal and you get wet without having to insert anything. Um, Devices for vulva pain, uh, dryness, arousal, anorgasmia, um, pelvic floor therapy for mums after childbirth, Prostate uh, simulators to reduce prostate cancer uh, or uh, the chances of prostate cancer um, and improve prostate health, reduce pain, um, ED device to improve erections, get erect and stay erect. So just lots of different things uh, because we've been doing this for nine years. So we've done a lot of research and three of our medical studies are published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine. All our six devices, FDA. Um, we have 100,000 patients in Mayo Clinic, Cedar sinai in LA, Chicago Hospital, they all recommend our products to their patients. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a lot of medical work. That's the core of what we do. But the biggest thing about sexual wellness is it needs to be sexy. You know, to me, that is the key to anything we do is if we make it clinical, it doesn't matter how many doctors have designed it and how many papers we published. 
Um, if we make it look clinical, sound clinical, no one's going to use it unless they're forced to, right? If the doctor says, well, you must use it, otherwise, you know, you'll have pain and, and you'll feel miserable. Like, you know, you need to be forced to use it. If you think of like steel dilators, which look very scary, you would never really buy them unless someone said, you no, your to. products are beautiful. They're, they're very beautiful. And, and the thing is, that was the first thing all the urologists, OBGYNs, andrologists, everyone we work or started to talk to, even before we started the company, they said, if you want to really make a difference and you want to go after the 80%, which is people who don't go to a doctor. So, and this is the sad truth in sexual health. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have dryness or pain, only one in five, and this is in US, so I'm, it's even worse in other countries which are not that advanced healthcare. Only one in five will go seek a specialist treatment. Um, 80% will either try to search online for a solution uh, or not do anything about it at all. Right. Or worse, think it's going to repair itself without you doing anything. And that is such a common belief in sexual health. It's not, you know, it's in, in other, other, any other healthcare, uh, I don't know, diabetes, heart disease, blood pressure, sugar, whatever you have, you don't assume it's going to go away. Right. It's just that that doesn't exist in right. your mind when it comes to any other pieces of healthcare, whatever it is. In fact, people would that's go for a, a that's such a great point. That's such a great point. We just don't make sexual health a priority. At all. At all. And and, and I'll tell you why in a second. But you know, something as simple as a cold, you might go to a doctor for that, which is a waste of resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really shouldn't. Um but, but that, that's for have, another podcast. <laughs> right. But but the thing is, let's say you have pain after childbirth. You think, that's fine. You know, I wait for six months. It will go away. Or a uh, guy has erection issues. Oh, that's fine. And maybe I'm just having a bad day. And that is, and, and the thing is, okay, fine. Maybe you'll think that and you wait a few weeks. But I'm talking about years. And this mm-hmm. is where it becomes really significant, the problem. Mm-hmm is we talk to people who waited five years, 10 years to see a specialist. And, 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 you know, the change that happens. So we go to a conference every year called NAMS, North American Medical Society. It's a great medical conference where um, it's all, all the latest um, stuff, um, solutions in menopause. And we meet so many women above 50 who have never tried lube. And they know it exists. Uh, but they think, and this is you know what they tell us, they think it's for people like Fifty Shades of Grey. It's for kinky people who do really kinky things. And that's the only people who would buy lube. And then I have to explain to them that lube is a medical product which has to be FDA. It goes through lots of compliance. It's done really like by major companies like KY, you know, which is Johnson & Johnson, now right. Reckitt. Like these are massive, massive companies who also make medicines like Nurofen, um, Detol. Right. You know, it, starts with, it, start, it starts with the education and that's what's going to yeah. empower them because I know being in that generation, um, well, that's even younger than me, but, you know, I, I, I didn't even buy a vibrator or think about lube until, you know, my 50s. So it's just because I wasn't, brought up that you know nobody talked about it back 
in in the seventies, I'm sure there were vibrators around. I'm sure they were archaic looking. I mean, but it's, um, it's all about educating. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show and talk about this so much today. And, and also, I think a lot of people have the, con, uh, the the perception that a lot of these things are novelty and they are not um, not proper products. You know, things that are toys, they might not be safe for your body, which is true in some cases, of course. There are, um, as with any industry, there will always be good products and bad products. You just have to buy things from reputable brands. So when I talk about brands that people know, like J&J, P&G, uh, you know, Reckitt, then they're like, oh, I didn't realize these are the big companies who we know won't compromise on quality. And I am willing to try it now knowing that these are FDA products created by specialists with doctors. These are not something that uh, that is limited to people who do King 50 Shades of Grey stuff, right? Right. And, right. and it's, it's such a massive um, jump between I don't need lube because it's not for me because it's only for kinky young people to this is a medical product that can help me with dryness. So it's a huge jump. But huge. you know, the whole thing happens within maybe five minutes of conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we keep in touch with people and they say they're in most cases, they say that life has changed over a $10 bottle. Right. And and that's what we need to get out there more. It's just education because the products themselves are easily available. They're not expensive. And whatever it is, you know, like when we talk about pelvic flow therapy, so the device Crescendo is designed by pelvic flow therapists. Uh, so it mimics two fingers and it reaches um, inside wherever you need to stimulate, right? Now, when you just think of time and money for a mom to go through three pelvic flow sh- sessions a week for 12 weeks, uh, which is the recommended course uh, to elevate pelvic pain, uh, let's say even if it's $200 per session, we're talking about $600 a week for 12 weeks, which is $7,000, right? Right. That's a lot of money for anyone. Right. Um, and even if you have the money, it's a lot of time. We're talking about going somewhere. For one, finding a good therapist nearby, which is inaccessible to everyone anyway. Finding one, getting their time, going there, but two hours, basically, you know, two hours of your day gone three times a week, which for a mom looking after a tiny baby is almost impossible. Um, so when you have no time no, or you have no time and or no money, you just ignore it. And the sad statistic is that one in two, so 50% of moms two years later still have pelvic pain, mm. which is really easy to solve with therapy. Yeah, just because they don't do anything about it and assume it will go away. So so when it comes to, you know, the reason uh, the therapists were so keen to create this device is because they're like, we're not going to lose any business because we have more patients than we have time. So they're not worried about losing business at all. They are, they care about giving a solution because what happens to a lot of their patients is they come once and they never come back. They're like, okay, you know, that was fine, but I don't have time. Right, right. So what, what they do now is uh, if you do come, they'll train you with the device, give you the device, 
and then you take it home and maybe you come three months later you know for a checkup to see that you know and you then all you need is 10 minutes so your time commitment changes from two hours for three times a week to 10 minutes whenever and your cost is one treatment instead of 36 right so it's it's a it, that's how we can change quality of life that's how we can make healthcare accessible is by making it super easy time and money wise and that was the then, first product you created right that was the first product we created right. yeah 9 years ago and has been iterated many 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 times mm-hmm. to um, you know with feedback from uh, i think 50000 patients out of our 100000 are on that product because it's the oldest product and and that's been so significant in uh, so when that went through medical trial it had a 5x improvement in pain score that's yeah. incredible so when you when you started this business, your whole purpose behind it was to educate and raise awareness about sexual health and wellness, right? Which is yep. what you're doing. Yeah, and also just uh, create a, put a biomedical uh, knowledge to use and to bring together really advanced medicine and medical technology. Uh, medic, medical knowledge with really advanced electronics technology and how do we merge the two because that's what our expertise is is bringing together really advanced electronics and really advanced um, medicine together to create very very easy to use products and the the key is it's like um uh mark twain once said i wrote a really long letter because i didn't have time to write a short one mm-hmm. and that's exactly the same case with product design where if you want to simplify it to the most simple, you need to spend years because you can make something very complicated very easily. But when you want to simplify, 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 all you do is take feedback from people constantly. It's like simple things like buttons. How do you make buttons easy to use in the dark or by people who have dexterity issues or for uh, people who have um, fingers which can't uh, stay stable? You know, but these things don't come on day one because it, you're not trying to solve everything in one product. Um, Apple Watch is a great example. Version one was good, but not it had lots of issues. Now I think it's version eight, and it's amazing, right? It, it can, is, yeah, it right. can, it can withstand, um, you know, like be under an ocean like hundred meters deep and be in a desert. Like it's it's amazing, but it wasn't amazing on day one eight years ago. Uh, I think the battery life was bad and whatever. But the thing is, if you have that obsession to simplify and make things easy and that perfection, but perfection from a usability perspective, then it will constantly get simpler and easier to use. And the tech inside will get more and more complex, but the user experience will be amazing. Um, And there's a very famous term for this. It's called enchanted objects, which was created in uh, MIT Media Labs like 40 years ago. And the concept is, um, again, Harry Potter, where the magic is making things look like they don't have any tech. So a broom can fly because the rocket engine is hidden inside the broom, not because the broom is magical. Yeah. So they have a really simple example, which is um, a medicine bottle with tablets inside for someone with dementia or forgetfulness, yeah, right. uh, memory loss. Let's say they live on their own 
uh, or you know whoever is with them isn't at home at the time but they need to take their medicine at 7 p.m now it will start glowing and beeping at like five past seven and then at like 10 past seven it will send a text message to a carer to say come and check on the person but rest of the time it just works like looks like feels like a normal medicine bottle and nothing is different and that's what enchanted objects is and that's what you know our underlying principle in everything we create is how do we make it seamless beautiful so it looks like a pleasure device right right and easy to use purely you know it's it is to solve massive medical issues yeah Right, right. And I mean, from somebody who's used vibrators, different kinds, um, I have encountered the ones where I couldn't, I couldn't even figure out how to start it, how to change the vibration or anything like that, or it didn't charge or something like that. So yes, the simpler, the simpler, the better um, to help us all have healthier sexual experiences and having that Mm -hmm. intimacy, you know, again, stressing on the intimacy and the conversations, not just on the, on the sexual intercourse, because that's just like yeah. the end note of a wine. You know what I mean? It's, it's the, exactly. it's yeah. the, the foreplay that should be going on from the time you wake up in the morning and say, I love you or have a good mm-hmm. day to when your partner gets home and rubbing their back or whatever. Um, it's it's that foreplay. It's that intimacy that's got to happen all day, but it's got to start somewhere. So I love the example you gave with, here's an article I read, hey, sharing it with somebody where you don't have that fear of rejection because we all fear that rejection and then we lose the confidence and then totally. nothing happens, right? Totally. Yeah. 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 I um, What is your favorite product in your whole line? Um, I do think... Poco, which is our most compact product, um, is the easiest for people to start with, which is why it's my favorite. Um, when someone asks, you know, what's the first one I should try? I always sell them Poco. It's very small, very compact, very easy to use, very quiet, very powerful. Um, it's just a really well-made product, which is like this small, um, fits in your palm, curves, um, also, obviously, you know, FDA, medical uh, journals, all of that stuff. But uh, I think, you know, I love the simplicity of it. I love how easy it is to introduce into the bedroom. Uh, it's very, uh, very unisex. Uh, anyone can use it. Um, it's it's literally like fingers. You can use it in any part of your body, um, woman or man. Um, yeah, it's, I think... It's my favorite product. Oh, we, we, I definitely have to check that out. We have only one minute left. I can't believe how fast the time has gone by. I've learned so much from you. I know everybody listening is learning so much. So this is my very last question for you. What does it mean for you to be fearlessly authentic? Um, I think like with the whole sex education discussion we had in Scandinavia, I think you can only achieve change and improve lives by being genuine with people, Mm -hmm. Um, by telling people what the facts are, telling people what is it that we um, know based on science and what is it that we think that means 
in terms of improving our health and wellness and what we can achieve in the future based on all the things that we know and learn by doing things. So I think the more authentic we are, the more we give people the credit for being from the heart and credit for being intelligent, whether it's a teenager, we just assume that they're intelligent. You know, like the more we assume people are not dumb, people are intelligent and be authentic and genuine with them, with fact, with science-backed conversations, they will take you seriously and they will bring about change in their lives. Thank you for that very thoughtful answer. And Dr. Sumrakshi, thank you so, so much from Mystery Vibe. I love what you're doing. Thank you for everything that you've shared with us today. And thank you for your time for being on the show and for everybody listening until next week, go and have a fearlessly authentic week. Bye-bye everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison-Bauer on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.